0: staff meeting I was looking for where Shelley went when she left up here because I'm gonna pick on her a little bit Shelley and Wendy and Linda's hiding back there staff meeting on Tuesday morning is always an interesting time and sometimes it's harder than others to get the meeting started Our staff has a good time together. We laugh, we joke, we cut up, go out to eat lunch together on staff day. This past Tuesday morning was especially difficult for me because my staff was laughing and joking and going on and on and getting louder and louder. Uh, Wendy sometimes, I've, I've had to do this with Wendy means bring the volume down dear bring the, the volume down but it, it just kept going on and I would don't I try to get to the g- agenda they've got an agenda in front of them that they're looking at and, and I just could not get it started and I, I finally said okay the sermon title for Sunday is the trouble is they were so loud and just continued Jerry just kept carrying on with nonsense and laughter by the way we go by the, by the saying that laughter in our halls is an indication of love in our hearts. It's great to have laughter. And we were having a good time, but I needed to get on, Noah, I needed to get on with the meeting. And the only person who heard me say the title of the sermon Sunday was Aaron, because he was sitting right there beside me. And Aaron is now paying attention. Everybody else is still cutting up. And so I said, it's time to grow up and they reacted just like you did they just giggled now maybe a little embarrassed by it aaron knew what was going on because he was looking at the agenda and finally linda looked down and saw the title of the sermon today and realized i was simply reading the title of the sermon for the day it's time to grow up. And the and the first part of Ephesians chapter 4 verses 1 through 6 that we talked about last week, Paul is talking to the, church, to the church about unity, the basis of the unity and that they need to be united. But then in verses 7 through 16, he talks about the goals for growing up. And it is time for the church to grow up. Our goal in Faith Baptist Church is to grow a church, and that is not just numbers. It is also maturity. It is growing up. It's being fulfilled, fulfilling the commands of Christ. Well, I guess I ought to preach the points in the sermon. It's time to grow up. begins with, in chapter 4, diversity. Diversity. In Ephesians chapter 4, verses 7 through 10, he says, however, he has given each one of us a special gift through the generosity of Christ. That is why the scriptures say, when he ascended to the heights, he led a crowd of captives and gave gifts unto his people. Notice that he says he ascended. This clearly means that Christ also descended to our lowly world, and the same one who who descended is the one who ascended higher than all the heavens, so that he might fill the entire universe with himself. Now, he talked about unity, and we talked about that last week. Andrea, I'm sorry, turn up my monitors, I'm yelling and I realize it. If you turn, If you make me hear myself better, I'll quit shouting. Thank you. Notice that unity is not the same as uniformity. That that does not, that we're united, does not mean that we lose our individuality. Unity is not the same as uniformity, and harmony is not monotony now i will admit that in most churches there are at least a few people who keep things from being boring they definitely break the monotony that's not always a pleasant experience and some of you are more interesting and create more interest uh, than others and some demand more attention than others but we are called to unity but kim that doesn't they've done it again they're sitting back to back that doesn't mean that we lose our individuality. We need to be a church of diversity. Now, what those scriptures say is that each one of us has a special gift through the grace of Jesus Christ. The word gift is grace um, in, in a noun form. We have a grace gift through the grace the generosity of Christ now if each one of us has one i want you to understand that you personally have a gift from jesus now i know that charles has been studying the gifts and i think he said the other night there are 21 somebody else i read said there's 20 of them there's several different passages that describe those gifts There's been way too much interest shown in the miraculous spiritual gifts than in the service gifts. The most important passage to me about giftedness is Romans chapter 12. You need to understand, when we start talking about the gifts of the grace of Christ, the gifts of the Spirit, whatever list you're looking at, your gift was not given to you for your benefit. It was not to make you feel special, it was not for you to brag about, it was not for you to be proud of. Your gift from God was given to you to glorify Him always. It is not to glorify you, it's to glorify Him. And His gift is always to serve others. The miraculous gifts that existed at that time were given in order to serve people, to serve especially the church, and to build up the spirituality of the church. It was never, an in, never intended for someone to be able to say, I'm more spiritual than you. And that is perverting the gifts of the Spirit of God. You have a gift, but it is intended to glorify God and it is intended to serve others. But I need you to understand this too. Some churches, and somebody suggest I don't remember who, somebody suggested that we do this. Some churches have a program where you study a book and you answer questions and you determine your giftedness. I've read several authors who agree with me they're smart because they agree with me okay that that doesn't work if you want to find out what your gifts are volunteer get involved you may find that your giftedness what you're good at what God can use you in the ministry for which he can use you is very different than what you thought It would be the only way to really understand your gift is to get involved by the way it does no good to know what your gift is if you're never going to use it and if you're asking God what is my gift what is my giftedness he is not going to answer you if you have no why should he answer that prayer if you have no intention of ever doing anything with that gift your gift not only do you have a gift but your gift is different from everyone else but grace was given to each one of us get get this according to the measure of christ's gift he picked out a gift specifically for you the size the breadth the width the depth of that gift is according to your willingness and your ability to use it. Again, why should he reveal your giftedness to you if you're not going to use it for his glory? And not everyone is as gifted as someone else. We're not all gifted in the same way. Um, Some of you can sing, and some of you, I've stood beside you when you tried to sing. Some of you have an ability to teach that is amazing. Not everybody can do that. Some of you make really good grandparents to the little children. And those of you who say, I've done my duty, you love on your grandkids why can't you do the same thing to the children of our church thank you don i was wondering if anybody would say amen what would i do without don your giftedness is different than everyone else and your gift was given to you for his glory that is why the scriptures say when he ascended to the heights he led a crowd of captives and gave gifts to his people notice that it says he ascended this clearly means that Christ also descended to our lowly world this is the identification of the ones who of the one who gave the gift in case anybody misunderstood Christ descended to this world from heaven i remember our initial foray into Kenya, when we left our home, packed up our goods, and moved to Kenya, I've, I've told you before that we felt like everyone we'd ever known had, had died. And we ourselves alone were left. Brenda cried all night the first night there. That's okay. I cried all night the second night there. It's okay to laugh. People generally laugh when I say that I cried all night. But the thing that helped me, Noah, in doing that and the grief over losing home and family and going to live in Africa was realizing that what I did, Sarah, was very small indeed compared to what Jesus did when he left the glory of heaven and came to live in this sinful world. That's what that ascending and descending is all about he made a sacrifice and he deserves to be glorified by the gifts that he gave you have a gift it's a different gift from anyone else but every single person in this room you say yeah that's true of the pastor that's true of aaron that may be true of todd that but not me i'm here today to tell you and god brought you to this session this morning so that he could tell you, you have a gift. You remember what I said? I'm not one of those guys who says, don't take this personally. I want you to take it personally. You have a gift from God, and it's different from anybody else's gift. You need to find your gift and use it for the glory of God. The other thing that's necessary for the church to grow and to grow up, and it's time to grow up, is ministry, ministry. Notice that he says, notice, uh, that's funny, the verse says, notice that it says he ascended, this clearly means that Christ also descended to our lowly world, the same one who descended is the one ascended higher than all the heavens, so that he might fill the entire universe with himself. Now, these are the gifts Christ gave to the church. Notice that. The apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers, their responsibility is to equip God's people to do His work and to build up the church, the body of Christ. Now, I want you to notice two things in the, those verses. Notice that He talks about the ministers. The ministers. There is no ministry in the church without someone to minister. But we are talking about specifically here about those who are called not just to minister but called into the ministry. There is a difference. Let me say that again. All of you are called to minister. But there are some of us and maybe some of you who are called into Gale, what we would call the vocation of ministry, called into the ministry. Now, these are those that he called, first of all, the apostles. Those, that is talking about the office of the apostle. It's talking about the 12 that he called. One of them was lost and was replaced. Paul then became an apostle out of season. In fact, there are several people who are called by that word apostle in the Greek language in the New Testament because apostello, the apostle, refers to someone who has been sent out by the church. Now, that doesn't mean that they have the apostolic office. And in fact, that office of the apostle The apostleship does not exist in today's culture this was given first to the church the church was built on the foundation of Jesus Christ and his apostles were the first members of the church and they were the ministers of the church the ambassadors of the church then the prophets the prophets realized that in their day they did not have the king james version of the new american standard bible or the nlt or the niv they did not have the new testament joe they only had the old testament and the new testament was revealed as men were inspired of god to give the word of god there are places in the new testament where it is said that he was filled with the Spirit, and he said, "That person is a prophet." Sometimes prophecy means forth or foretelling the future. Sometimes it means to us foretelling the word of God. Now we still do that. It's not a gift of prophecy so much as it is a gift of preaching, and I'm still trying to develop that gift. the The evangelist. Those who are the ones who go out and spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, while this word, apostle, is the word that means missionary, the the evangelist is what we usually think about missionaries doing, going into the community, going into the prisons, going to another state, another country to share the gospel of Jesus Christ, the evangelist and then pastors even teachers now notice there is no um, article beside teachers that's because this is talking about a teaching pastor a pastor who is a shepherd and a pastor who teaches teaching the word of god is tremendously important in our churches it is important what you believe and it is important that when th- this service starts, there is someone who will open the Bible, open the Word of God, and will preach the Word of God. The pastor of our churches is to be a shepherd, but also a teacher. Listen, Christ cared about His church, and He gave that first church what they needed to grow and to thrive he still loves his church one of the things that happened when we made the transition two years ago is people would say to me i believe that god still loves faith baptist church and i agree with that jesus loves this church and by his grace he's given us a staff to lead the church You said, I I thought we were supposed to be led by the congregation. No, that's why you have a pastor. If the congregation leads, we will be scattered. The flock will be scattered. I thought we were supposed to be led by committees. That's not in the Bible anywhere. Now, I praise God for the committees because that is exactly what I was talking about, that people have certain giftedness use their gifts for the glory of god but i will tell you that i was in the staff meeting back under dean grigsby shelley when they they did a survey of the growing churches in arkansas of our fellowship and it was very clear in that survey that the churches that grew the most stayed the longest one more souls were churches that were staff led and the ministry carried on by the membership. I believe that that is the biblical paradigm. I thank God that we are adding someone to the staff who will come in and use his giftedness, his training as a part of the staff to lead this congregation. And I would ask you to follow him as you have followed me yes i'm still here no i'm not going anywhere anytime soon unless the lord decides it's time and calls me home but i need you to show the same love and respect for todd dornan as you have for aaron and as you have for me god has provided a staff for us that is very clear i look at all the things that god put together david With Todd Dornan in his family and with us and I see the hand of God in that God's plan staff led and the ministry by members that is what it says is the purpose the ministry and then the their purpose the purpose of the ministers is to equip God's people to do his work And build up the church the body of Christ it is not the purpose the plan for the ministers to do all of the work the membership is to do the work that they're trained to do by the ministers our responsibility as a staff is to challenge you I told my staff when when I first began That ministry is all about people. And we're going to love the people. The congregation is not the enemy. We will love our church. And I told them, I believe with all my heart, if you cast a vision, if you show them a vision and motivate them to see that they can complete that vision, They will charge hell with a squirt gun. It is our job. It is our responsibility. It is our purpose to cast a vision for you to let you know what part you can play in that. And then your response needs to be to take your place and do the ministry. Howard Hendricks once said, the church is too much like a football game. 50,000 people in the stands desperately in need of exercise. Watching 22 people on the field desperately in need of rest. It's not the staff's job to do all the work. Don't you ever say, please, well, we've hired you to do that. No, God's called me to train you and to motivate you to cast a vision, let you see what you can do, and then for you to do what God has called you to do. Then, for the church to grow, there has to be maturity. Maturity. He says in verses 13 through 15, this will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever that they sound like the truth. Instead, we will speak. The truth in love growing in every way more and more like Christ who is the head of his body, the church. I want you to notice some characteristics of maturity because there are too many Christians who've never grown up. May have been saved for a long time, but in maturity they're still babes in Christ. The church at Corinth was full of them. We talked about that this, this year in the series on unity in the church from 1 Corinthians. There are plenty of babes in Christ, just like in Corinth, in churches today. I'm not specifically speaking of our church, but every church has some people who should be mature, but they are not yet. What are the characteristics of maturity in Christ? Well, for one, Christ-likeness. They will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord. Get this, measuring up to the full and complete stand, a standard of Jesus Christ. I need you to understand, you may be the only Jesus some people will ever see. Will they see Jesus in you? My name, by the way, some of you don't know this and I don't use it uh, because when the principal gave me my high school diploma, Joyce, he said, that sure is a long name. And I, I would have thought he had said something like, congratulations on getting here with a diploma, but he said that sure is a long name. My name is Leonard Herschel Rayburn Jr. I'm a junior. My dad was always called Herschel, Herschel Rayburn. Um, My mom said, Leonard is too big a name for a little baby like that. So they called me Lynn, and she spelled it L-Y-N-N. And for all my life, I've been saying two N's in Lynn and no Y in Rayburn. I'm known for for telling people how to spell my name. The more, the older I get the more I look like my I look him in the mirror and I see my father. I have his name except for the junior, but I'm not my dad. I'm me, but I look like him. I remind people of him. I hope at the same time, I'm looking more and more like Jesus I remember the story I told you about the little boy who came back to the man who gave him money he had lost gave him some money to go buy a loaf of bread for his family kid came running back and said are you Jesus I knew a pastor in Florida W.W. Watson First Missionary Baptist Church of Auburndale Florida kid one time saw him in the grocery store and said to his mother, there's Jesus. And I hope that more and more we're looking like Jesus. Some of you will be the only Jesus. I'm, you kids at school, whether you're talking Washita or whether you're talking Sylvan Hills or North Little Rock, among those kids, you'll be the only Jesus that some of them will ever see your influence is huge well not only Christ likeness but stability then we will no longer be immature we won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching false doctrine will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth our teaching ministry in this church in our study groups is important some people say well i believe in jesus and that's all i need doctrine is not important and i said to you i think two weeks ago about the lady who came out and told the preacher i like your preaching because you don't preach no doctrine nor nothing it's the near nothing that got me ellen if you don't preach doctrine that's a double negative by the way does that mean ellen that you do preach doctrine i you don't preach no doctrine anyway that double negative thing doesn't work i i discovered a long time ago that if you ask a girl for a date and she says no way no how that those two negatives don't mean yes i finally got you to laugh you're a hard crowd today our doctrine is important and it is important that you know what you believe, you know what the Bible says. I said last week I'm not a Baptist because I grew up that way. I'm a Baptist because that's biblical. I believe Bible doctrine and that teaching of doctrine will give you stability. You're not mature if you can be easily led astray. When you leave this place someday and move somewhere else, For goodness sake, find a church that teaches the truth, not what makes you comfortable, that teaches the truth because your doctrine is your stability. But also, maturity means speaking the truth with love. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of the body, the church. And I've already said to you, you may be the only Jesus some of your friends will ever see. Then, the fourth part of growing in the church is the sense of community. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love now each part that means members of the body the local church he makes the whole body fit together perfectly the church is important to jesus and it should be to you and it should be to me let us make sure that we do no harm to the church jesus Loves the church and I hope you love your church. Never do harm to the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Each one doing their part. That means as a member, you're using your giftedness. Each part does his own special work. You're doing your part. You're doing what you can. That's true with the finances. That's true with the ministry. That's true with everything in the church that you're willing to volunteer and you're willing to serve using your giftedness. When members refuse to use their giftedness in the local church, the body that is the church, cannot be healthy. Use your gifts. And when that happens, it grows the church. It helps the other parts grow, said that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. Listen, community means everyone doing their part, not being spectators. I know it was exciting, Gail. I said that. Had to be exciting. David, were you there yesterday in the stands? Amen. That had to be exciting. Guess what? This is not entertainment this is feeding this is to challenge you you when you say that preacher stepped on my toes well amen this is supposed to be a time of challenge community means everyone doing their part not being spectators but participants and that is how the church grows listen what gifts has god given you that you need to put to use for the glory of God. What gifts? Are you doing your part? Are you just enjoying coming to services? Are you being spectators? Are you being participants? Are you ready now to do your part? Are you ready to serve in the church, not just as an occasional guest, not even a regular guest, but to be a serving member of Faith Baptist Church. That's what God wants. Do you know him? Do you know Christ? Today is a day when you can come and know Jesus, trusting him in faith, giving your life into his hands, and then going to work in the church going to work for Jesus. I want you to stand. Let's bow our heads. Father, I thank you for your word, and I pray that you would move in people's hearts. Lord, I pray for commitment. I pray for souls to be saved. I pray for people who come for baptism, for membership in the church. And I pray that right now.